Welcome back to another episode of Caps Off by the Game Day. A little technical difficulties, um, but, but hey, we're back. But we're back. Hey, not we're. I've been here. I'm back. You are back. You've been sick for a little bit. How you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. But I always feel better when we have a very special guest oh, on. Is that we got so? our guy Frank Emirati on. So we got Frank back. Welcome back. What's up? It's always a pleasure to join the show. Uh, feeling good because we got good news on Trevor Lawrence. He's not out for the season, at least. Oh, so yeah. Did that, come uh, out? Did that just hyped. come out? I well, it. they said like it, it was a sprain, so it was good news. He, oh, he's yeah. going to return probably, I would say, a couple weeks, I guess. If that's a speculation. Frank, you're really gracing us with your presence. You've been one of the most consistent and accurate rankers on Fantasy Pros this entire year for your... <sighs> player evaluations and player rankings how did you do this past week uh this past week i finished uh well well week 13 hasn't come out yet it comes out tonight but the mm. week week 12 i finished seventh so Woo! now fourth fourth overall i've been on fire uh we got to keep fire. it rolling that's crazy Gee, fourth overall like on a season for the season fourth Jesus overall you know? but you're talking about like all the fantasy experts in the fucking world like everybody that you know that is anybody in yeah, fantasy literally. Fourth overall, that's insane. Any person that you've ever seen on Twitter, any person that you've ever seen on Instagram, all these people from, you know, NBC and The Score, any of these other fantasy experts, Roto Baller, that are literally putting out their rankings. When you look up, like, who to start, who to sit in any given week, Frank, you are currently a top five ranker amongst all of them. You are one of the top five best fantasy players, I guess you would say, this yeah. year. That's really what it is, because how else are you going to talk about someone in fantasy? You can't talk about their leagues. you got to talk about how accurate they've been with ranking people. Jeez. Frank, you're top five. What's the... Yeah, hey, thank oh. you. It's been, it's been great. I, I just got to finish strong and, uh, you know, keep it going. What's the fucking secret, bro? Uh, it's just a combination of things. You know, look at how the players have been doing recent... Uh, look, look how they've done recently. Look at their overall production. Look yeah. at the matchup. Look at the player props. You could even look at the consensus rankings at Fantasy Pros to keep me in check. Like if I'm too high on a guy compared to consensus, I better have a good reason for it. So right. that helps me, you know, that helps as a guideline for me. Cool. Uh, and it's it's worked well so far. So just keep it going. Yo, no, no, this dude is so nice, bro. Because I'll message him on the side. I have that lucky privilege, as you do as uh -huh. well, the privilege to be able to have this connection with Frank. And actually this past weekend... I was in between on my, like one of my flexes or whatever. I was in between DeAndre Swift and Josh Downs. Knew it wasn't a good matchup for Swift. Josh Downs had a better matchup, but like it I don't know, great, it, it was kind so, of up yeah. there. And I asked Frank, and I'm like, bro, like who should I go? He's like, it's it's really close, probably Downs. Well, they end up getting both get four points, right. but like the the fact that they were both like well, not think, just really close, but like literally finished with the exact yeah. same stat line. Well, I also think insane. like consensus would have been to go with Swift. But right. naturally, the fact that you might have someone that will say Josh Downs and that they'll be comparable is, I think, what separates, obviously, a Frank versus other people. Yeah. I also think in general, like, and Frank, I've given this analogy, and not many people might understand it, but the analogy that I've given where Felipe and I have talked about with you versus, like, Scotty the King, obviously, we've had the King on our podcast a ton Legend. of times, and we've talked about fantasy. Legend. But the analogy I give is that Scott, to me, is like Bill Belichick, right? He's a Hall of Famer. The guy has his ways, but he's also stuck in those ways. And I hope the King is listening and watching. So the King is Bill Belichick, greatest of all time. But then you got Frank Amarante, who's like Mike McDaniel. Kyle yeah. Shanahan, you know, he's going to go against yeah. the norm. He's going to do things differently. And that dude's going to fucking hit when he hits. So that's the analogy that's I'd give. It's like you're analogy. the new school and you got King as the old school. Neither which are the better way to go, but one is clearly having more success this year. 
Yeah, I love that analogy. You know, I think one thing that characterizes my rankings is that is they're bold. Like I'm not afraid to go against the against the herd, against consensus. Right. I just if it works, if I feel it, if it works with what I've looked at with the data, I'm in. Let's do it. Hell yeah. I love it. Well, obviously this is the week 13 fantasy recaps episode where we recap everything that happened in fantasy. Obviously, this is the last week before fantasy playoffs. So I think there's going to be some questions. We obviously want to take questions. Anyone, what should they do going into this week? You know, who to start, who to sit. Obviously, you can talk on that. Before we jump into recapping what happened in week 13, we were talking about a dilemma Mm. or I guess a conundrum, I would say, that's going on in one of my leagues. And I want to propose it to both you guys. And I want to get your thoughts, your objective thoughts on it, right? Sure. So first and foremost, the thought was that wins and losses in a fantasy league is obviously pure luck. Points for, points against. The one variable that you can control in fantasy is obviously putting together the best possible team, right? Can you draft a team that can score the most points? Sure. You got to hit on that. That's the only variable. Yeah. So the, what we proposed this year was that there are six teams that make the playoffs. Those six teams are the best six teams in the league based off of wins and losses. But that seventh seed that makes it, because the first seed is going to get the bye, is going to make it strictly based off of points for of the people that have missed the playoffs, right? So we're incentivizing people that might be at the bottom, but might be a really good team, just got super unlucky with points against, right? Mm. So that was what we proposed. There was a lot of backlash now because essentially there is a chance where a four-win team who is top six in points for can make it over a team that has seven wins, but is the lowest amount of points for in the league by 60 points. Like, we're, we're talking yeah. he is far and away. Yeah. yeah. So, before we go into the next point, what are your thoughts on doing something four points for when it comes to making the playoffs? Yeah, for sure. I, I love doing that because it just really sucks when you have such a good team pouring on points every week and you're, you're running into a tough matchup and it's really screwing you. So, I think rewarding the team that puts up a high point total by giving them an extra playoff spot based on that is a good way to go. I totally agree, man. Like, as far as, like, the points you put up over the season, that's not luck. Like, you you put those rosters in. Right. You drafted those guys. But sometimes you can't help running into a fucking buzzsaw. Like, right. last week, I put up 160. I lost to a guy that put up 180. Exactly my point. And I'm like, that shit's crazy. And I'm, I have the highest points for, and I'm fourth uh, in terms of seeding right now just because, like, uh, you know, some, some certain right. matchups. But I think that, like, wins and losses definitely matter. Uh, will, will matter and will put you in the the seeds, whether it's like one through four or five, whatever. But if you're talking about that last seed, you're talking about a guy who's been outscored by somebody else. Exactly. Like I think that your your amendment or whatever, like how y'all's little addendum, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I look, I like what you guys are doing. Well, I now. think because again, and look, I think 95 percent of fantasy football leagues it makes sense to just do wins and losses, right? Yeah. But if you want to make it more competitive, you want to have a league that incentivizes people to stay with it all throughout the year. If you really want to pay attention all the way up to literally this week is the last week before the playoffs. And there are seven teams that can get the, you know, those last four seats right in the playoffs. So I understand the complaints around like, well, it's a seven win team. Shouldn't miss the playoffs and a four win team should make it. Well, that seven win team for the most part is very low on the points for, but then Scott's super lucky on points against. So you can't control points against. The flaw in it, though, which is an issue, is the fact that, like, how do you... You, you got to factor in points against as well in some yeah. capacity. So what I've proposed, and I want to get your thoughts on this before we jump into it, is every single week, any given week, you get 
two either two wins. You you can either go two and zero, one and one, or zero and two, right? In any week, yeah. You get a win or a loss for a head to head, and you have to be a top six score to get another win. Or if you're bottom six, you get a loss. So that way wow. you're averaging out who is going to be like consensus or who is winning. So by the end of the year, naturally, you will have averages kind of come together by saying the best of the best will usually be up there. The top teams will still be uh. up there. But if you've just gotten super unlucky and lost in a uh. week because someone put up 180 to your yeah. 160, naturally, you've already still been a top scorer, right? If you put up 160, you're that, second in I'm the league. That is get, beautiful. Like I this, like that right? idea. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's a great way, especially because if you're introducing, you know, a new way to make the playoffs based on total points, a lot of people who play fantasy football, they just want to keep it the same. They're they're more traditional. They don't want to change the format too much. That happens in my own league with my friends. So I think this is a good compromise, having it where you get a win for beating the opponent and a, another win for uh, outscoring the average. Uh, love it. Love yeah, it. I think- so you double up the total amount of, of, exactly, of games exactly. per se. Uh, I like that a lot, man. So again, most people won't do it, right? But if you want to make your league more competitive, if you think you have a league full of people that, for the most part, know what they're doing and you want to have it competitive up until the deadline where you might have a team that has three or four wins, but you want them to make a trade like they have. Because I think a lot of times also, if you're about bottom four, you're like, I'm kind of out. Why am I incentivized to make yeah. a trade? So if you want to keep it competitive, the way you make your league more competitive mm. is I think you do that route, right? Where you have a head-to-head win, or loss, and then you also have to beat either beat the league average that week, or you just have to be a top six scorer. Is that a setting six. you can set up? So I know in leagues? Sleeper you can do that because Sleeper is obviously ahead of the curve with a lot of yeah, these things. ESPN is not there yet, so you'd have to do it manually if you're on ESPN or even maybe Yahoo. But I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts because there's been a lot of backlash for basically mm. saying that a four win team should not make it, even though that four win team is one of the better scorers in the league, and that seven win team is by far the worst score in the league. So I just think. There's only a few variables in fantasy you control, and the main fa- variable that you can control in fantasy is obviously the team that you put out there. You can't play better defense. You're yeah. not controlling that. So I'm glad uh, everyone, everyone agrees with my stance. So thank you. I'll fuck with that. Yeah, I love it. And especially, like, Sleeper is, like, the only one that could do it. It really shows how, like, they're, they're really thinking outside the box. It's a good app. If you're not playing your league on there, it's, it, you could check it out for sure. Yeah, definitely. Hey, a little shameless plug. But, hey, let's get into uh, recapping the Week 13 in fantasy. Obviously, Frank, you had some thoughts on people. I want to start with someone that I've not even just been high on this guy. We've been high on this guy as a talent but this whole team, I feel that I've been on, it's the Packers. Mm. So you obviously wanted to talk about Jordan Love. What are your thoughts on Jordan Love? Obviously, he had a big day. He was QB7 in fantasy. Or no, he wasn't. He's QB7 in fantasy points per game currently. What are your thoughts on Jordan Love, Frank? Wow, he's really blossoming. He looks fantastic. He was the highest graded passer per PFF for this week. You know, the Matt LaFleur is ready, really letting him cook. They've been pass-heavy. Uh, you look at the Packers' upcoming schedule, they're at the Giants, they're versus the Bucks, at the Panthers, and at the Vikings. Those are four pretty good matchups in games where the Packers will likely be favored in all four of them. You know, Jordan Love, whether it's real, in real life, he looks like a, you know, emerging young stud. In fantasy, he's looking like an every week starter. Woo! I'm really optimistic about his uh, rest of season outlook. What are your thoughts on Jordan Love? I mean, it's great to see him start playing well. I think that's something that like we've been we've been waiting on. Mm. We've been waiting on, especially just talking regular football when we have our regular caps off episodes. Right. And this 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 podcast has been back and forth on Jordan Love. Some people lower, some people higher. 
was great to see him put it together. But I think, uh, Frank, to your point, though, every week starter, uh, you had a tweet, I think it was this weekend or maybe a few days yeah. ago, where it's like you can't be afraid to start like a, a lower – a quarterback that we know is worse than that guy who's traditionally been a top five to ten quarterback. So, and, and so in the, in, the, in the case of like, let's say you're starting a Sam Howell over Patrick Mahomes because Mahomes has a tough matchup and Sam Howell can go out there and ball out. So, in my case, and I think a lot of people are in this situation with a quarterback like Lamar Jackson or even Joe Burrow when he was healthy and you were like, he wasn't doing that much for you, right? Are you starting Jordan Love over? I'm gonna go out and say Lamar Jackson. There's, maybe there's a couple other guys that you'd say Mahomes that, Mahomes that has been underperforming. Yeah, yeah. So if it's the right matchup, you can't be afraid to do it. I understand. You know, the big name stud quarterback. It's really hard to bench, and you. The worst feeling would be if you bench them and end up losing because of that. But honestly, I prefer to go bold. And if they're performing well and the matchup is right, I'm willing to put them in there. So with Jordan Love. He's checking all the boxes. Like he's playing well. He's making great throws. The matchups are good. And his coach is really going past heavy. Like, look at that game against the Chiefs. The Packers are leading like all game and they still were passing it consistently. So, like, it's clear they want, they're emphasizing uh, the passing game. And Jordan Love, you got to be excited about what he's doing. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I think to the Mahomes versus Jordan Love argument, I, I think I'm going to still start Mahomes because the elite upside will always be there. I know Mahomes has been bad, and I think the offense is obviously worse. You can't discredit what Jordan Love has done, but I think a weird thing that we're noticing in fantasy, or not even fantasy, but just like football, is like, look at Matt LaFleur. Like, that offense hasn't been great, and obviously they've had a lot of drop balls, and Jordan Love's played better. And if you really looked into it, you would see that these receivers, these young receivers, are dropping a lot of balls. But it was almost like Matt LaFleur was coaching with house money, right? Like, he just didn't, you know, going into it, you knew you were supposed to lose. I'm not going to get too cute with it. I'm just going to let it fly because we're on prime time. And that's kind of what happened, right? Like, there was a good balance there. Christian Watson had two touchdowns. Like, I think it's something you could expect moving forward is what I would say. I don't know what Christian Watson's injury is. Obviously, it's a hamstring. Matt LaFleur said yesterday that he could come back. Um, it could be week to week. They don't have enough information yet that we'll find out today. But I do think also if Christian Watson is fine and healthy, he's someone that you should put in your lineup because that offense, if you're going to start Jordan Love, you got to keep that same energy with Christian Watson. He's been pretty good as of late. Yeah, 100%. Uh, he's got that upside that could really win your week just because he's such a downfield threat and he can rack up touchdowns. We saw it last week, two touchdowns, as you mentioned, even against the Lions, he had a good game. So yeah, definitely Christian Watson. If he's healthy, we got to see the report, as you said. But you got to be, um, you know, you got to like his upside going forward. Speaking of Watson, we obviously, I think a, a lot of stats on Twitter were going around about Jordan Love over the last three games, eight touchdowns, zero INTs, that they've obviously won their last three. In the last three weeks, Christian Watson is wide receiver 10. Wow. So it Love goes to, to show, it. it goes to show, right? If that offense is going to produce, then naturally he's going to be a benefactor of that. So yeah. I think that's a crazy yeah. moving. Quick moving thing forward. though, quick thing though, if Christian Watson is out, mm. obviously you know that's a bump for Jaden Reed and your boy uh, Romeo Dobbs. But don't sleep on Don Tavian Wick. Yeah, he looks pretty good, the rookie there, and he'd have an, an enhanced role if you're in a deeper league. He could be a flyer for sure. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, it's a great call. I want to. We we obviously briefly touched on Mahomes. What are your thoughts on Mahomes? Because he has not been the Mahomes that we thought he would be this year. And granted, that's a byproduct of the weapons around him. What are your thoughts on, on Patrick Mahomes this year, Frank? 
I think right now, like, we have to stop thinking of him as a surefire top three in fantasy. Now, I emphasize fantasy. Of course, he's the best quarterback in the league in real life. But in fantasy football right now, we can't think of him as an elite option. I think of him more as, like, a mid-tier type, like, QB 8 to 10 range. You know, since week 8, he's averaging only 15.2 fantasy points per game. That's quarterback 24 Mm. during that stretch. Like, that's, that's bad. Look at his remaining schedule this week. He plays the Bills. I'll probably fire him up there if I had him. Like, let's say I had Mahomes and Jordan Love. This coming week against the Bills, it's hard to bench Mahomes. You know, Buffalo struggled on D. That could be such a shootout. But then the week after that, at New England, where, you know, the Chiefs could just sleepwalk to a win, whereas Jordan Love takes on that uh, gross Bucks uh, defense that just gives up yeah. so much yardage through the air, I would play Jordan Love or over, right. over Mahomes uh, in week uh, 15. So my point is that I don't think Mahomes is just this must-must-start option going forward. If you have the right backup, you could definitely uh, make the swap. Yeah, shit, I, I love that. I think, like, a lot of times you talk about the upside with somebody like Mahomes, but you have enough at this point. I mean, you talk about averaging 15 points per game over the last whatever weeks it was. Mm-hmm. Like, that, It's it's not just... At some point, you have to ignore the upside because another guy is just gonna has a way better matchup and he's probably gonna do better. Uh, and, and so you give a situation like that where you got—I uh, mean, you're playing the Bucks defense. If you're uh, what was the other mm-hmm. quarterback we're talking about? Uh, we talked. Yeah, about Jordan Love. Jordan, Jordan Love. Love. Yeah. Love. Jordan yeah. Love. Um, then yeah, I mean, you you have to roll with that. Yes, yes, but no. And here's why. Here, here's how I feel about it. Because I think Jordan, going into Sunday Night Football, no one wanted to start Jordan Love regardless. Because why? The defense that he was playing against. So yeah. to say that, like, the better matchup makes sense, bro, this is the NFL. So you might have a shit defense end up coming, like the Chicago Bears end up coming out and just balling out of control. You yeah. know? So I, going, my point is, and granted, I think that doesn't apply to everyone, but going into Sunday night, people were worried. Everyone was down ticking and downgrading, whatever the fucking word is. Christian Watson, <laughs> Jaden Reed, that whole fucking team. And what happens? They ended up outplaying everyone. Kelsey, like Mahomes, Pacheco. Obviously, Pacheco, I think, was actually good, so I take that back. But that's just my point. So I agree with you. Mahomes, I, I'm not worried about him. I mean, look, you should be slightly concerned. He's not going to be that top three elite option, but... I, I'm I'm still starting him no matter what, and I think I'd still start him over Jordan Love, me personally. But neither here nor there. Um, I want to go into Jameer Gibbs. We obviously Jameer Gibbs um, in the last two weeks has had 24 touches for 127 yards, but he's only had five receptions for 13 yards in that span. Should you be slightly concerned with Jameer Gibbs, or moving forward, is he a set it and forget it top 12 type running back rest of season? I'm still starting him as a set-and-forget-it type because he's such an explosive runner and he's such a good receiver uh, out of the backfield. You know, I feel like the Lions will see that they really haven't gotten him going in the passing game in the last two weeks, Mm. and they'll emphasize him this week. And it's a perfect matchup to do so because the Bears are allowing 713 receiving yards to running backs, which is the most in the NFL. Not only is it the most in the NFL – it's 132 more than the second most wow. chargers. So it's like not even close. They just mm. give up so many uh, receiving yards to running backs. And I believe uh, when Gibbs faced them in their previous matchup, he had about 59 receiving yards, something like that. So this looks like a perfect bounce back. Uh, so I wouldn't be concerned about him given, you know, the downtick in production the last two weeks. Yeah, man, his efficiency is nice. Like, you know what you're getting out of him. Even even if he's not getting the same volume we'd like in the receiving game, 
but they drafted him to be that guy. So mm. I think any lack of volume right now isn't indicative of what we're going to see going forward. Uh, I mean, that stat I didn't know against the Bears defense yeah, with, with the kind of yardage they're giving up to, to running backs in the receiving game. Jameer Gibbs is one of the best receiving backs in the league. Like, whether he's been getting that volume or not, he's mm. one of those guys. You talk about McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and, and Gibbs is, like, right there. Yeah. And so, I, I for me, regardless of the, the receiving volume, like, the receiving volume is only going to bring him up even higher. I think what he has the ability to do with the touches he already gets, I'm starting him. I'm not really worried about him. Yeah, you're not worried at all with Jameer Gibbs. Granted, he had six points, but since week eight, he's currently the RB5 in yeah. fantasy. Which is crazy because like, that's factoring in this past week. And so, correct. You know. And factoring in the fact that he had a bye. Yeah. So, so, look at averages. Like, that's what you have to look at. That's why the Mahomes stat that Frank brought up, or was it you that brought it up? The 15 points that he's been averaging? Yeah, he brought, yeah. Yeah, sure. Frank, that Frank brought up, like, that matters to me because it's an average stat. It's not a one week thing that we saw. If we're seeing it week over week, then at some point you have to start really making some decisions. Gibbs, since week eight, is the fourth best running back in terms of averages, averaging 19.1 fantasy points per game. Hey, shout out Cole Plays, by the way. Cole underscore Plays said um, he's been, I, I can't see the comment, but he said he was in Spotify's top 3%, um, and it's the first time catching a live. Hey, today, let's so, go, Cole. Hey, appreciate you tuning in, Cole. I think, look, also with Jameer Gibbs and what we've always said, now, obviously, the offense was a lot better against the Saints, and they put up points. But when an offense isn't producing to the, to the level that you would expect and the player also is not fully producing to that extent, then I'm not totally concerned, right? right. And I think that fits Jameer Gibbs. Let's go into the Bengals' offense. Obviously, massive win last week, or last night, I should say, and massive win for my Dolphins because we needed the Jags to obviously lose, nice. and we now control the number one seed in the AFC. Shameless oh, yeah. plug. Um, but what are your thoughts on Bengals' offense? Jake Browning is a guy that can clearly keep this boat afloat. Yeah, he's what the quarterback are, of the future in Cincinnati. It feels like it, yeah. yeah. He's, he's healthier. Hey, you got to be happy with it, because it just sucks all these quarterback injuries really tanking teams' offenses. So the fact that we saw Browning show that he could keep you know, the Bengals stars afloat in terms of fantasy has me excited. He's just feeding Jamar Chase with targets. Uh, so you got to still think of Chase, you know, as a top 10 receiver, even top seven-ish, especially in a good matchup upcoming against the Colts, which, you know, could turn into a shootout because Indy plays at such a, a fast pace. So really happy to see what Jake Browning uh, has been able to do. I was surprised to see Joe Mixon have a big game mm. against such a good Jaguars run defense but hey if, if Browning is showing that he's a, at least competent you, you feel a lot more you know um, a lot a lot more comfortable starting these Bengals studs hey that's another good example of like going into that matchup everyone's down taking Joe Mixon yeah. right so you're, right, yeah. you're gonna start your guys no matter what don't get I, I'm all I think I've always said I don't get too caught up in who they're playing like you're gonna play your best players no matter what in fantasy regardless of matchup this is the NFL like I'm not too worried about that. Now, granted, Joe's been hit or miss, and I don't think anyone would expect if Joe to have the type of game. But I think they ran the ball, like, over 30 times. Like, the last three weeks, I think they've also ran, like, 23. I saw, like, a Bengals stat. There was, like, 23, 25, and, like, 31. So, mm. hopefully the Bengals are finding something. What are your thoughts on on this Bengals offense with I mean, Jake Browning? Jamar Chase. I mean, Jesus, man. 11 receptions. Yeah, and turn that into a buck 50 or whatever it was. Like, that's what you wanted to see. I think that we've always talked about since Burrow went down is, is – is Chase going to maintain his production? Mm. And we did say, like, he's going to get his volume because they they have to get the, the ball to their best players. Like, and Jamar Chase is the best player they have by far on that offense. Mm. And so to see him get the volume and the production, I think, 
and by the production, I mean, it's just like the efficiency, like the yards and everything that he's able to get with that. That's incredible. Uh, it, it excites me going forward. If you have Jamar Chase, obviously there were like some down weeks uh, occasionally, but to see that this can happen with Jake Browning against a good team, in, in, you know, in the Jags, uh, it's it's good going forward into the playoffs. Like, not that you ever were going to bench Jamar Chase. You were right. always going to start him just off, just off of potential, but right. now he's giving you what you wanted to see. Well, let's flip the script. Obviously, with Trevor Lawrence potentially being out, whether it be one week, whether it be a couple weeks, obviously he just he looked like he's in pain. Are you? How much are you moving in your consensus rankings, or not even really consensus? It's just Frank, your rankings. But how much are you going to move down those Jaguar skill players with Trevor Lawrence out? Well, I would probably have to move Calvin Ridley more to like you know the the high twenties, early thirties range, mm-hmm. even with Christian Kirk potentially out, just because. You know, Ridley's good, but he's not like this superstar like Chase that could overcome something like C.J. Beathard at quarterback. Mm. So he'll be a lot more volatile, I think. Mm, I think we could see a a bump, a bump in Evan Ingram because especially with Kirk out and you could see him as the safety valve for Beathard. We even saw it, I think, on that last drive. Ingram had a few catches. Mm. So he he gets a bump uh, for sure. But the overall offense, you got to expect them to, you know, score less with with their backup. So it's not – I can't see it being like a chase thing with Ridley. It's it's definitely not not good news without Lawrence. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I totally agree. There's not too much to add there. I mean, the Jags already just so many weapons, right? Mm. And so you're already like you're dealing with some capped ceilings for those, those different guys. And like, look, some guys on, on one week will break out. Uh, but with the Bengals, like – you just know Jamar Chase is going to get all those targets, regardless of, of who's in that quarterback. Mm. The Jags, with Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback, you already don't know. So now the fact that, like, him missing a couple weeks, I think the cap ceilings are probably capped a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. I want to I move into uh, – talk about someone that's near and dear to my heart as I'm wearing a Dolphins shirt. Obviously, Devon Achan was back this week mm. and had another massive game. He had 17 carries, 25.3 fantasy points yeah, yeah. on the year. Devon Achan has missed eight games, right? We'll count, like, him getting injured on the first play. Sure. He's currently RB27. Now, granted, RB27 just outside top 24. Yeah. But the fact that you've missed eight games and you could still be there with yeah. the upside that he possesses is a wild stat. You've been super high on Achan all year. What are your yeah. thoughts on Achan moving forward? I mean, I love, again, efficiency. Like, when he touches the ball, he does something special with it. Kind of like what we were talking with Gibbs. Uh, he's just... He's a home run threat every time he touches the ball. He doesn't need those touches. But you said he had 17 touches? 17. And garbage. A lot of it was garbage. That's okay. I, I, it sure, doesn't yeah. matter. Like, game scripts are game scripts. 17 touches is a lot. Yeah. And so, you're talking about a guy who's going to... He could win you a week with 10 touches. Mm. And so, he gets 17. Yeah. Like, that's exciting to see. Love HN, especially going into the playoffs now. He stays healthy, man. It's He's that guy that, that again... League winner. Like, we throw that term around a lot. Mm. But HN is a guy that's really doing that because you you probably didn't draft him in redraft. Like, he probably... No, he got drafted around, draft like, the in sixth re- to ninth round, depending on... Oh, your in redraft? Re- yeah. See, I'm so focused in Dynasty. Like, he definitely got drafted in our rookie drafts. But, um, but yeah, I mean, HN, like, a, a guy that you wanted to see come on and has, and then it's just a matter of touches. Frank, obviously someone that looks at rankings every single week and is making your rankings and has a top five most accurate ranker in on fantasy pros this year. Where are you putting Devon Achan rest of season? He's got to be like definitely top 15, probably like 11 to 12, just because of the upside, like the boom potential, as you mentioned, like he could just really win you a week. 
the floor is lower than say others uh, in that range, like say for example a Rashad White, but like the upside is there. And and the criticism of what he did in the last game, like the counterpoint would be like you said, a lot of that was in garbage time. Well, guess what? They face the Titans and Jets the next two weeks. There's mm. gonna be more opportunities for them, you know, with a blowout lead and HN gets more work. And then after that, they got the Cowboys and Ravens, two games where they're going to need to feed their studs, and HN's one of their studs. So you got to be excited about uh, him going forward. This past week, I had him RB20, but that was just because, you know, it's only his second game back, and right. I wanted to mm-hmm. I wanted to see him, you know, uh, have more of a workload uh, before bumping him up. And now that we've seen it, he, you know, I'll be ranking him ahead of Mostert every week. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious, and I've always thought about this. Like, how do you, as someone that makes your rankings every single week, how does someone make their rankings? Is it as simple as, like, I prefer this player over that player, and that's kind of how it begins? Like, what is your method to ranking guys, um, like, let's say, let your top 24 running backs? So it's a combination of things. So you look at the player's overall production. You look at their usage, so how many touches they're getting per game. Um, you look at, you know, their recent performance, so are they – on a nice little streak have they slowed down you look at the opposing matchup how's the other team at defending the run how much yardage do they give through the air so you look at all these things then to keep me in check i look at the player props say like if i'm way off of the player problem like i better have a good reason and i'm also on fantasy pros checking the consensus ranking so right. seeing what everyone else ranks and if i'm way below a player again i better have a good reason so that helps keep me in check and that, and the combination of all those factors is really how I get to uh, where I rank each player. Yeah, man. But he, he breaks it down, and he, 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 I love, I love the, the method and the methodology and everything that he kind of breaks down. But like, if it was that easy, you know, everybody would be able to do I that agree, shit. I agree. Frank is special. Frank's different. So, yeah. To and then on top of that, you know, I got my hunches. Then you know, like your gut at the end. Your That's donuts, like the finishing touch. Said. That's like the oh, little sprinkle on top to finish. In other it words, off. he's like. And then I got like bigger balls than everyone else. Yeah, so like, seriously. that's probably what's like setting me <laughs> apart. But the methodology is great as well. But I also think that's why you're in that top five, right? Like how many other people? Because of the big balls. Yeah, exactly. Massive, massive nuts. How many other people? What, 75 other people are rank- doing their fantasy rankings? Uh, in this co- uh, contest, there's around 180. 180. But so, well, why would you say 75? 75 is still a lot of fucking people. 180 is, <laughs> 180 is crazy. <laughs> So to be top five out of 180, you know, plus it is wild. Um, before we begin answering some questions, I want to talk about the Seahawks offense. Obviously, that was a Thursday night game. Your Cowboys routed them. Um, well, well, from from a, like a skill position standpoint, I feel like CD had yeah. a good game. Tony Pollard was still good. Dak was still good. I'm talking yeah. about like pure fantasy output. Got you. I'm not talking about, you know, how they got it, them. got it, got it. Um, what are your thoughts on the Seahawks offense moving forward, Frank? I'm excited because this big performance, this game where which was probably Geno Smith's best game of the year, directly goes with the first game where they had a fully starting healthy offensive line. And that's because their stud right tackle, Abraham Lucas, returned to the lineup for that Dallas game. It was his first game since week one. So Geno had better pass protection, and we saw him really make great throws downfield. You know, Next, the Seahawks are at the 49ers. That's always tough. That defense is a major problem. But after that, they're home to Philly. They're at Tennessee. Those are two weak pass defenses. And Geno Smith, you know, could could be a, a difference maker as may, maybe a streamer 
maybe a, a quarterback you plug in uh, during the fantasy playoffs. I love to hear that. And, and with the Seahawks, there's no shortage of weapons over there too. We talk about uh, and, and a couple that are coming on more recently, Charbonnet and, and JSN. And I think Charbonnet might be dealing with a little injury now. I, I, I don't know. But in terms of the the receivers, who? How would you rank those guys? Let's say against that Philly team when they play in two weeks of bad pass defense. How do, how do you kind of assess those? Are they all starters? Like, are you JSN is getting to a point now where I think a lot of people are putting him in like a wide receiver two range. So how do you kind of break that down? Well, for that, I definitely Metcalf would be the top one there. He'd probably be a top fifteen option against Philly just because of that massive, you know, touchdown upside ability to totally. you know get loose downfield. We just saw it against the Cowboys, yeah. three touchdowns and whatever it was. And then I really think JSN is moving a, a, up that pecking mm-hmm. or, order. Uh, surpassing Tyler Lockett, you know, last game he had 11 targets, that touchdown that probably should have standed, like he's really starting to come into his own. So in in a game, let's say against Philly, I'd probably rank him, you know, like 25, 26, I'd be high on him. Whereas Lockett, you know, you could still start him. It's just that he's he's not really done much lately. If you look at his game log, uh, 50 yards or fewer in four, like 51 yards or less in four of his last five games. He's trending downward, so he'd be third in the pecking order for me. Got it. I was I was trying to look for the stat because I saw a stat that JSN and Tyler Lockett's stats over the last three weeks are oh, super similar, super exactly close. similar. If you look on fantasy, oh yeah, that was mine. Yeah, that was exactly that was. I was trying to find your. Tw- it was your tweet. I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On top of every it. tweet, else did it's, it too. it's always Frank's. Frank's. That JSN is wide receiver thirty-seven over the last three weeks in terms of averages. Obviously, nothing crazy. Tyler Lockett's wide receiver 40, right? So they're within 0.2 points of each other. I got, I got it. I pulled it up for you if you want. Yeah, um, go ahead. Yeah, so JSN in last five games, 32 targets, Lockett, 38. JSN, 22 catches, Lockett, 24. JSN, 259 yards, Lockett, 252. So neck and neck, and it's just Sheesh. seems like JSN's really, you know, surpassing them. that's crazy and they want to right like this is the guy they drafted yeah. in the first round this year they want to get him more involved you talk about a guy who's potential i mean he was the best receiver in this draft class and so it's exciting to see going forward and it's i think we're all waiting with rookie receivers some of them come on quicker than others most of them take a little bit though so to see jason really trending upwards towards the fantasy playoff time is pretty dope hey i got no it. no qualms with that i mean there is a good question i want to ask uh both of you guys, Chase just asked a question on TikTok. He said, uh, first of all, he said he loves the show. So Chase, yeah. we love you too. He love said, uh, does he pick up Zeke? What are your thoughts oh, on yeah. Ezekiel Elliott with Ramondre Stevenson going down with a high ankle sprain? Frank, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely uh, pick up Zeke. You know, it feels like we're five years ago where Zeke's going to be a diff- could be a difference maker in the fantasy playoffs because, you know, Ramondre is out a few weeks, so that puts Zeke into a heavy workload. You know, you could think of him as a – RB2 going forward. He's at the Steelers Dang. versus the Chiefs. Crazy. At the Broncos. So when I say RB2 to the listeners, I mean like, you know, if I'm ranking him, it's going to be like in the 17 to the 23 range. Mm. But he's still definitely startable. And, you know, in the semifinals of the fantasy playoffs, he's at the Broncos who have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. So he could really help you down the stretch and uh, definitely pick up Zeke. Yeah, the, the only problem, like, it's just word that offense worries me. Like, so he's, it feels very volume dependent to start Zeke. Um, yeah, for sure. It still scares the shit out of me. But what do you, you got? Any, you got any thoughts, Mr. Zeke? Was that game, that game finished 6-0? to zero? Yeah. 
That's a good person I want to talk about. Let, let's move into... Let's Get talk. rid of both of those teams. I want to talk they about Austin Eckler. They don't belong in the NFL. I don't want to see a fucking 6-0 game. I want to talk about Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler fucking sucks as of late. Frank, <laughs> any thoughts on Austin Eckler? Because I had someone ask me this question yesterday, and I've seen it on Twitter, that he is no longer, as of right now, with the way he's been performing, someone that, like, you can 1,000% set it and forget it. Do you agree with that, or does... Eckler belong in lineups no matter what, regardless of how he's performed. I agree because he looks very inefficient on the ground. However, I wouldn't sit him coming up because he's got a nice schedule. Like he's this week, he's versed the Broncos at home, mm -hmm. as I mentioned, one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Then he's at the Raiders, another weak run defense. Mm -hmm. Then he's against the Bills at home, which could be a shootout. Now, I know it's very frustrating. He's just so inefficient on the ground. I recommend uh, starting him, then betting on his player prop under rushing yards because it's been hitting for me. <laughs> but on another note, like he could be really inefficient, but get some of these checkdowns. They're not getting him involved enough. I think you could see him bounce back this week. But man, I definitely share your concerns. He's been he's been uh, brutal in a dynasty league where I'm contending. I traded for him to just give my uh, team a boost a few weeks ago, and he's just been a disaster. He's he's uh, RB thirty four over the last three weeks. It's annoying. it's annoying. I mean, it depends. It depends what other options you have. I think this kid in my one of my leagues had Eckler, Rashad White, and DeAndre Swift, and on his bench he had like DK. He also had Tank Dell, Mike Evans, Olave. Yeah. Like his team is loaded. He's nailed the draft. I it wouldn't. It wouldn't bother me if you wanted to bench Eckler based off of that lineup. Is kind of the the point I wanted yeah. to make. So yeah, Eckler's for just sure. Been really, really bad. Uh, there are some other questions. Uh, Victor said, do I start DK or Ayuk this week? Victor needs a win this week to make the playoffs. What are your thoughts? Is it Ayuk or DK? Uh, for me, uh, I, I'd probably lean towards Ayuk just because, you know, the 49ers are 10.5-point favorites, which means they're projected to score like 27 points because the total is around 46.5. Mm. So they're going to pour on likely pour on points. Now, I do think Seattle will keep it close. But Ayuk just feels safer because of how good that 49ers defense is and, you know, how much that, you know, Brock Purdy and that offense is rolling. I got to lean towards Ayuk there. Well, Frank brought out the math. So yeah. the over and, and the spread. Okay, then they're projected to score 27. That was fantastic. I'm going to roll with that, too. I think it's a safer play. But I think it's very, very close. Like we saw yeah, for sure. with this past weekend, and Frank mentioned their starting right tackle. I don't have his name off the top of my head like you did. But they, their offensive line is healthy, and this is the first time since week one, and we saw Geno look different. Mm. I guess a good Cowboys defense. Now, the Niners defense is even better, uh, but I do think that, you know, what we saw last week, uh, we're going to see more of that going forward. But I, I think probably more IU. We touched on this briefly, but uh, Brian just asked, is Mixon startable moving forward? Like, set it and forget it. I think we'd all agree. I say, just, yeah. I think just the, the volume alone, and he, he actually looked like he had some juice. Chase Brown also, like, I didn't think that they had a one-two punch. Chase Brown looked pretty damn electric also. Yeah, he did. He looked good. Uh, good to see that him uh, getting mixed in. Uh, no pun intended with Mixon. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, Mixon is still, I would say, like in the RB, you know, 17 to 20-ish range. Mm. But he's still worth starting unless you have a stacked team like yeah. your buddy you mentioned there with all those you know, studs, then you could probably bench Mixon in certain spots, but definitely start him against the Colts this week. Absolutely. I got two final questions uh, to ask both of you guys. This one is from Max. He said, A-Chan or Puka at the flex? 
Oh, uh, that's a good one. Uh, 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 oh, probably for me, for Puka. I think. What do you? I'm going Frank. I'm gonna go with um, uh, HN there because you know they're home to the Titans. They're 14 point favorites. Could be another blowout where he just gets fed, especially in the second half. And Puka, I believe, is a bit banged up, and they're at mm. the Ravens. That defense is a problem. Yeah, I'm gonna go HN there. I think I. It also depends half PPR versus full, right? Like if Puka's gonna see Puka's look. If you have both, you're happy. Let's start there. Yeah. I think I lean HN only because I agree the matchup. You're playing the Titans Monday night. Could be easily could be a blowout, and also just what he can do with limited touches. But if you're going into the playoffs and you have Puka with the way he just performed, even if he's banged up. That dude is adorable. I don't know if anyone saw him in that post-game presser. He, yeah. like, was speechless and was just happy to He's be a so part cute. of it. He's so cute. So, <laughs> I think no matter what, like, you're happy. I lean HM for this week. But I think moving forward, yeah. you'd probably want to start both. Of I them. like the floor with Puka. And and I, I get a tough matchup, but, like... Puka's also disproven the fact that he's just a hog machine and can't do much with, with the ball, like, once it's in his hands. Like, last week he had a great play. Even Frank. We're always going back to Frank's tweets, but, Frank, you have a great Twitter, bro. And yeah, make you sure were you like, follow Frank. There was that one play. There was that one play where, where Puka just broke a long one. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, bro, if this was JSN, they'd be saying yeah. he's wide receiver one in Dynasty type shit. And it's true. Like, exactly. like what Puka's doing, it's not just the, the volume. It's he's, he's proven to be a really fucking good wide receiver. And so I, I like his floor a lot. But I, but I see HN ceiling, especially like you talk about prime time against the Titans next week. It's crazy. Is that it? Yeah, oh God, he might night. go. He might go for four hundred. Look like I think, prime Chris Johnson. I think I think one thing we could agree on is that right now in the Rams, the, on the Rams, the wide receiver one is Puka Nakua, not Cooper Cup. I never yeah. thought I would say that, but, but it, I also it, think I mean the way they're playing right now, yeah. I think we got to operate that way. I agree. I got one last question before you uh, before we jump. Start one, Rasheed Rice is from Isaac. Rasheed Rice, Zay Flowers, or Calvin Ridley? I think that's a good Ooh, question. That's a tough that's one. That's a very good question. So Rasheed Rice, Calvin Ridley, or Zay, uh, Zay Flowers? Well, Frank. Honest, go ahead. Say, sorry, Felipe. Frank, Frank is going to bring up the match. My guy's smart, and he's got the matchups ahead of him probably. What I will say, my, here, here's how I calculate this before I even look at anything. Is any of them from Texas? Yes, Rasheed Rice. Okay, Rasheed Rice from Texas. He's got he's got an advantage there. Okay, right. So I like Rasheed Rice. Where's Zay Flowers from? Zay Flowers is from Florida. Automatically worse than Texas. But but what who, what about playing basketball? He did play basketball with very own Adam Tabashnik okay. and backed you, so you up. Factor that in. Point yeah, guard, you got to factor it in. in. Backup, you got to factor Whoa, that in. Right, good. right, right. Yep. Uh, no, nah, look, I, the thing with Zay is that like. I like. I've always liked this like volume all year. I mean, he gets a lot of targets, but they don't translate to much. Um, aside from that one week, he had two touchdowns. That's just not. That was an anomaly. So he he'll he'll get like six receptions for like forty yards, and it's like okay, like it was okay, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I, I like Rasheed paired up with Mahomes. We haven't seen too much there. Who was the third option? Uh, Calvin Ridley, Ridley. Rice. Well, Ridley Flowers, now in that Jags offense, like Beathard, uh, without Trevor, I don't know. All right, Frank, let's go. Hit All us. right, so let's do it. So I got it. I got it now. So you said Ridley without Trevor Lawrence. That's a big knock, of yeah. course. The other knock is he plays the Browns. That's an elite pass yes. defense. So we could throw out Ridley. Let's let's go between uh, Rasheed Rice and Zay Flowers. So Rice is, you know, come on. But for whatever reason, the Chiefs still – you know, they don't give him like a full slate of, of routes, like his route participation. Sometimes I'm pulling it up right now. 
you know, uh, just give me one second. Like last week he ran 68% of the routes, 68% in week 12, 52% in week 11. So it's not like a full, full role, whereas Zay Flowers does get that. And with Mark Andrews out, Zay Flowers has had his two best games from a fantasy standpoint of the year uh, before the bye against the Chargers. And in week one, I think it was, yeah, against the Texans. So for that reason, I'm going Zay Flowers. Mm. That sounded like that sounded like Shark Tank when like they're doing the and for that yeah, reason, for that reason yeah, I'm yeah. out. <laughs> you see, I would have made it. I would have made it super simple. For me, it was okay. Well, I know there's no Mark, and you still got Lamar. Zay's coming off a good game. Hopefully, they get him more yeah. involved after the bye. Ridley is dealing with a backup quarterback, and Mahomes, in terms of just getting it to Rasheed Rice, he's just been wildly inconsistent. We know the volume has been there for Zay. Yeah, but Rice has been yeah. getting his too. Though. Love it. Yeah, but it's inconsistently been hit. You know, been getting his. But hey. It's hey, close. It's close, though. I like having Frank. That was a good question. It's a good one. I think it's a good place to wrap up. Hopefully, we helped out, Isaac. No, no I have a question for Frank. Oh, Felipe's wrapping it. Uh, sure. No, no, no. Before we wrap, Frank, uh, thoughts on Tony Pollard rest of the season? Woo! Tony Pollard, uh, well, not as hyped as I was coming into the year, of course, right. where I thought he was, you know, just going to just totally smash. But I guess you, you still got to be, you know, um, happy with what he's done the last three weeks. That Cowboys offense is elite. Humming. I still think Pollard is a you know top twelve option at running back. And if we look at the Cowboys schedule, they play the Eagles this week. Tough run defense, but they've shown some cracks in their armor lately. Then they got the Bills, Dolphins, and Lions. It could be three shootouts in a row. So Pollard wheels up, wheels up. Bijan Robinson help you win the league. Bijan Robinson. Uh, Bijan Robinson, that was a frustrating game against the Jets. Yes. Uh, this week, home against the Bucks, a team that just got gashed by Chuba Hubbard. I think they'll they'll bounce back. Bijan will bounce back there. I'm excited about him uh, the rest of season as well. Then look, first round of the fantasy playoffs, he's got the Panthers, Ooh. weak run defense. Then he's got the Colts, exploitable run defense. No. Then he's got the Bears. They get gashed through the air by running backs. We could see Bijan get a lot of catches that game. Yeah, wheels up as well. Love right. Bijan. So if you have Bijan and Pollard, you're winning the championship, and I'm Man. winning the championship. So thanks. What if you're <laughs> one of the guys insight. that traded A-Chan and got Bijan? You know, you're kind of fucked. I'm probably going to miss the playoffs because of that. Unbelievable. So. Yeah, well, hey, oh, I didn't know how much volume A-Chan was going to get, all right? I was worried <laughs> about it. But, hey, Frank, thanks again for coming on. I mean, this is when, whenever we have Mike McDaniel on, it's, it's always a good time. <laughs> so someone that is ahead of Thank the curve. You. If you are tuning in on TikTok, on YouTube, make sure to check out Frank's uh, rankings this week. Frank, when do your rankings come out? Uh, the rankings are going to come out today and then they'll be updated Thursday for the Thursday nighter. And then nice. a, a couple times again before the Sunday games, just I make little tweaks to make sure, you know, they're totally on point. Hell yeah. Well, Hey, where can people, where out. can people find you? So you can find me across social at F A M M I R A N T E T F J. I'm on TikTok, <laughs> Twitter, and Instagram. Check out our newsletter at the game day, which uh, comes out, Every Tuesday and Thursday, you could subscribe. We've got great fantasy content there oh, from yeah. myself, Sam Wagman, and Scott, the, the King Angle. Yeah. And uh, look at our content at thegameday.com as well. We've got my rankings. We've got more betting stuff. We've got sleepers. Everything you need for fantasy or for betting, we got you covered. Let's go. Yeah, there's still a lot of questions coming in. Obviously, who to start, who to sit. Make sure to check out Frank's rankings on thegameday.com. He is one of the most 
accurate rankers this year on Fantasy Pros. He's in the top five. He's four to be specific. So don't ask us the questions. Make sure to check out his rankings. He's got all the answers. Bingo. Also, tomorrow, our predict or not predictions. What the fuck's it called again? Oh, our cafeteria. cafeteria that episode's going to drop <laughs> at uh, four in the morning, I think. So if you're an early riser, make sure to tune into that. Or early riser like you. Or if you're, yes, early riser like me. Or if you're just in Cali or some shit in the West Coast and you're just staying up late, mm. one o'clock in the morning. It's <laughs> a good point. It's a good you point. Can listen. Didn't think about that. Yep. And then uh, we're back uh, Thursday. Thursday football. We got Thursday night football with an, yeah. a fantastic matchup of Steelers Patriots. So <laughs> that's looking disgusting. forward to that. Um, that's but hey, this has been good. Good yeah. luck. Let's go fucking make the goddamn playoffs. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Frank. Peace, show. Take care, guys. The Caps Off podcast is brought to you by The Game Day, starring Adam Tabachnik, Felipe Fontes, Jack Parodi, and Matan Mann. Check out our socials at Caps Off Pod on Instagram and Caps Off Podcast on TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube at the link in the description if you want to see more content and watch our videos. Don't forget to go to thegameday.com for all the best sportsbook offers.